The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hello, hello, hello. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. My mic just went out. I don't know why. We've got a great show for you guys today. Ron's getting ready while he's getting ready. Let's say hi to the chat room. What's up, everybody? I see Don Hinton, which Ron will have a uh, watch for you, I'm sure. Cindy Lady Lake is in the chat room. Angela Joseph is in the chat room. Backpack John, hello, hello. Boomer Mays, football player, joined us. Artist Miss Kim, hello, hello. Hope everybody's doing well. We've got a great show for you guys today. It's going to be a lot of fun. We have Blanche Banker coming on, and we have Sam Harris coming on, both of them extremely talented. It should be a lot of fun, and we're looking forward to it. Um, let's see if we can hear you, Sir Ron. Are my cool, outrageous man about town, Sir Ron, Mr. Russell? The reason I'm late is I was getting Look some sun in the garden. It is such a beautiful day. You know, we've had crappy weather in Palm Springs, a lot of rain, and it was cold. Today, it's about 80 and sunny and just so beautiful. So I was laying out. See, I got a little color. I get color quickly. Okay, and show everybody your watch because I told the... Uh... Oh, it's not an exciting watch. It, my daughters gave it to me, I guess, for my birthday. It's Christmas. A, Christmas. It's a health watch. It, it. it tells how many steps I take and what my heart rate is and all my other stuff. You know, And it's very, very good to have uh, when you're out running uh-huh. around. Walking around. You got to go up higher on so they can see it. Oh, my watch. Okay. And and Dawn said she just saw your sexy belly. You saw my belly? (laughs) When you sat down. Oh, you see that? Now you know that I have on Bermuda shorts. I don't have full pants. And I have bedroom slippers. So, you know, this is what's nice about working from the home. You you know, you can come out in the bathroom. Fran Drescher did. You know, when we interviewed Fran Drescher, she didn't know she was going to be on TV. She thought it was a radio interview. So there she sat with white hair in a white terry cloth robe. Wet, so, hair, wet, hair, wet, wet hair. hair. So uh, embarrassed. I said, Franny, cut it out. We love you just the way you are. I said, you look like Rita Hayworth without makeup. And she went, yeah, sure, Rita Hayworth. She does. When she smiles, she reminds me of Rita Hayworth. Angela Joseph says we're very lucky because it's freezing in Colorado today. Well, I can't with that stuff. You know, I put up with the nonsense in Palm Springs only because of the heat. Palm Springs is a difficult place to live. Uh, you have a variety of people here. Some are nice, some are crap, some are phony, some are real. You know, it's like really hard. I guess it's like that all over the Probably world. Probably everywhere you go. I guess right? everywhere, all over the world. You have an assortment of fruits and nuts. But I think California, as they say, attracts most fruits and nuts. They want to know how many steps did you walk today? I can't see. 
How many? I just put my watch on. Oh, yeah. So he's only walked like 60. We, we really, the day will begin after the show today, you guys. Right. I have to go to a Home Depot or Lowe's and get a plant because I'm going to have a real plant in the dining room in this wonderful old concrete uh, thing. It's big, it's tall, whatever it is. <laughs> I don't know what you call it. Like flower a planter. Well, it's like sort of a columnesque, Romanesque planter but it's tall and it's big and beautiful and it, it it deserves a very big beautiful plant that's my day i have nothing much to do you know i'm still cleaning up my a beautiful script i i enjoy it you know i i went away from it for a month because i wanted to go back with a fresh mind and as i'm reading it i said to myself you know ron you're good no 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 you know we do that or sometimes we say ron you stink you know, we're very critical of ourselves. And I was so proud of my script. Would you believe I was laughing at my own friggin' jokes? I mean, how sad is that? I know that when I have lunch with my darling friend, who I love, Lainey Kazan, we're going to have lunch on Ventura Boulevard in a Jewish deli that has the best chopped chicken liver on a bagel and real New York strong coffee. And I uh, talked to her about it. And after she reads the script, I know Lainey is going to star opposite me. That will be the thrill of my career, uh, to work opposite one of the funniest ladies and one of the nicest people I've ever known, and that's the fabulous Lainey Kazan, my big fat Greek wedding. And those of you who are older know Lainey Kazan is one of the greatest nightclub singers. Uh, she was the understudy for Barbara Streisand and Funny Girl. And Lainey actually has a better voice than Barbara Streisand. Streisand's voice came out of the nose uh, uh, Lainey's voice comes from her chest. So wonderful they, they say you definitely got some sun. And I want to like welcome. Yeah, to look, I mean, I was out like maybe a half hour with the dogs and all three dogs were all over me. I couldn't couldn't move. Little one got so jealous because the 135 pound one came over. He doesn't have to jump in my lap. He just puts his head in my lap. And I was rubbing Shazam and kissing him. And this little one got crazy, barking like he was going to bite the big one. I thought, stupid. All he has to do is take one gulp and you're gone. He doesn't. Find he doesn't. We want to also, I don't know if I said hi to Cindy Lady Lake, and she's such an important hey, Cindy Lady part of Lake. everything I do. So thank you so much for all you do, Cindy. Your friendship is fabulous. And, and Angela Joseph uh, is responding to someone, and she's saying she's looking forward to her first granddaughter in April. She can't stop smiling and planning. Well, so how, congratulations. How, how many do you have? She's got like 100 kids, 3,000 grandchildren. Oh. She's got a big family. It's going to be her first female, her first girl grandchildren. Well, that's a big Good for you. Girl. Congratulations, for Angela. You. We wish you only the best in that. That's so cool. Yeah, That'd but I wonderful. wish you would move to California. Oh, and, and B. Claudia is finally here. What's up, B? How are you? We've missed you. Hope everything is well and everything's going good. Say hi to B. Why? Because <laughs> you said so? No, just because you want to because you're so right. fabulous. Because I love B. Hi, B. <laughs> How, how's the fan club going? You got like three people in it? No, there's more than that. Oh, she says she has two grandsons. Oh, who has two grandsons? Uh, Angela has two Angie, grandsons, and Angie, now she's going to yeah. have a granddaughter. Yeah, she's got like 100,000 people in her family. <laughs> no, seriously, I went to her, her house, and we had a wonderful day, and just kept coming out of rooms, children. <laughs> and she'd say, and this is this one, and that's that one. And I said, but it's not the same one. Shut up. I said, isn't that the same one that came out three times? And she said, no. They're all individual different. So, you know, we had, it was a basketball team. Shut up, Astro, big shot. This little mutt, seven pounds, is such a tough guy. Here's somebody outside in the street. He sees a dog walking by. And he don't like anybody coming near me. He's very jealous. Even me. 
<laughs> He's like you, Jimmy's jealous of me. I was out yesterday running around looking for fake plants to put in that beautiful planter. And, it, and they were $30 for a little shitty plastic piece of thing to put in my planter. I said, forget about it. Better put a real one. So when I came home, Jimmy said, so where did you go? I said, I was out with my lover having great sex. And he got crazy. He said, don't talk like that. Because if that was ever true, you're never going out again. <laughs> I mean, you know, they thought they killed Hitler. Oh, this is Hitler's son. Uh, anyway, it's nice. I like jealousy. Jealousy means uh, love. Uh, worrying that somebody's going to take me away. Then again, if a 95-year-old multi-multi-gazillionaire came along, I would divorce Jimmy, marry him. A lot of banana peels around the house. Hopefully he'll slip and kill himself and I will inherit all those millions of dollars. Isn't that a grotesque thing to say? It's so gold diggery and so horrible. That's you, hilarious. But you all love it because you would all do the same thing. You're so full of crap. Oh, and Nick is with me. So, hey, Nick, how you doing? Who's Nick? Nice to see you. Nick is her son. Super talented. Which one? Um... Which one is Nick? I don't know. What you got you to don't say. know. No, B, B, B. Oh, B, B. 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 Angela. Maybe Angela has a Nick, too. <laughs> I mean, she's got a Joe, Charlie, Frank, Louie, Bob. I mean, uh, you know, she's got the whole alphabet. Angie, baby. No, I really friggin' miss you. You're about, you, I love your smile. And I, and I like your personality because you're a parent like me and your kids come first like me. And you're a talented broad. I really don't like you living in Colorado. She says she has two sets of twins and a single kid. So that's five kids, two grandsons, and now a granddaughter on the way. Lucky, so one, you, two, lucky three, you on Christmas when five, you got to buy gifts. Six, seven. So that's eight, eight, eight children. I told you she's got a, a, a friggin' army there. You can start your own Jackson 5. No, but she's got, <laughs> she's got about 30 of them. I mean, her house is like, forget it, loaded with kids. We had a good time. We played pickup sticks. We played all silly kinds of games. And we just had laughs. And I enjoyed the kids. I liked the one kid. I don't remember who he was. I think it was the oldest one. He was really sweet. One with the curly, weird hair. I told him, cut your hair. You look like a, you look like a mushroom. Uh, he was nice, that little kid. Probably now big. Yes, he's big. They're all big. Good. Today's guest is, I'm going to do part about her mom. Carol Baker, because Carol Baker is a contemporary of mine. And I remember when Carol Baker was coming up in the business and she wasn't you know, doing too well. Nobody realized that beneath that beautiful, sexy face was a brilliant actress. And if you follow Carol Baker's work, you have seen her in some really terrific stuff, like Baby Doll playing opposite really good actors, and she did a great job. She got an Academy Award nomination for that. Yeah, I'm a great fan of Carol Baker's, and I wish her well, and I hope she's good. And I'm going to ask She her. is, because uh, I saw an um, upcoming project that Blanche is doing that Carol Baker's in it. Oh, I'm so happy, because I'd love for I Carol. She's 90. I would, she's 90, sure, because I'm 80. Sure, she's 10 years older. I mean, I wish that uh, Carol would come on our show, because there's so many fans of hers that are still alive. Well, trying to stay alive. <laughs> We're all old. When she did Harlow, oh my God, the screen was filled with this magnificently beautiful, sexy woman. I will never, the movie was bad. It was really not about Harlow, it was a bullshit story. But uh, Harold Baker gave it such uh, beauty that we didn't care about the movie. We just were sitting there looking at her and portraying uh, the neurotic. Carol uh, in Harlow. Uh, 
I've seen her in so many movies, I can't even remember all of them, but she was just, she is still a brilliant actress. And at 90 years old, Carol Baker, if you're listening, go girl, because I'm 80 and I've got six or seven movies to do, and I'm doing them. No, half dead, whatever, I'm doing them. So, and so wait, wait, one more thing, and then you can have it. Uh, I'm against ageism. I'm against people saying, oh, you're too old to do anything, because that's baloney. I do everything now that I did when I was 21. Maybe a little slower, but I still do it. You can do it. So for my contemporaries, because Carol Baker is like Ron's contemporary, Blanche Baker is from us, and she plays Ginny. I mean, she plays in lots of stuff because she's got an Emmy and she's worked with every major star on the planet, um, many of them several times. Um, but for uh, all you children of the 80s, where the 80s was your high school and college days, if you guys remember 16 Candles, she plays Ginny, who gets married in 16 Candles, which is one of the biggest cult movies of the 80s. And uh, I'm super excited about having her on, plus all her other work. And she has a brand new movie called Alice Fades Away. And it uh, came out yesterday, and it's going to be on all the digital platforms. We're going to be talking about that and promoting her brand new film also. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And then anybody who ever is old enough to remember Star Search uh, back in the day with Ed McMahon, the very first season of Star Search, I think it was in 1983, and we have Sam Harris coming on. He was the winner of uh, Star Search, the very first season of it. He's gone on to sell millions of records. He's uh, considered one of the top 100 singers of all time, and he's going to be a lot of fun. And he's also a Broadway actor and television and film actor and author and all kinds of stuff. So I think it's going to be an exciting show of superstardom celebrities today. And next, because, you know, we're doing all the children of great stars. Next Wednesday, I'm really excited. I'm really excited today also. Um, Monica Henry is coming on. She is the daughter of the fabulous actor-slash-director Paul Henry played opposite Ingrid Bergman in Casablanca. He was her husband. He played opposite Betty Davis in Now Voyager, one of the greatest classical Warner Brothers films. Even Betty told me it was her favorite film. Because I asked her once, I said, I won't tell anybody, you know, but I am telling you. I said, I promise I won't tell anybody, but you know, what was your favorite movie? She said, oh, you don't have to promise that. I'm very open about it. She said, Now Voyager. Anyway, she's going to be talking about all of the great stars of Hollywood in that wonderful time when Hollywood was golden. Everywhere from Judy Garland to Greer Garson to Joan Bennett, I mean, all of the great stars, Paul Henry played romantic lead against. So don't miss next week's show if you are, uh, I'm, uh, was it, we watched classic? Turn to classic movies. Turn to classic Turn movies. Classic movies. And if you're a film buff of, I can't say old films, because Lauren Bacall will turn in her grave. Lauren Bacall said to me, Ron, a film is only old after you've seen it. So remember that. All these films are new to you until after you've seen them. Yes. So there you go. We did it. Yeah, we did it. Where is my sweetie pie? I she, don't know. I think she's going to be nice. I hope she's nice. Oh, I think she's going to be nice. I had to hook this up through, a, through an actual publicist, so it's different. I don't actually know her. I've never met her. Oh, publicists when they get involved. Anna's a great publicist. Though. I hope so. And I, don't normally, I don't normally like tout publicists, but this one has given us some other fabulous guests, and they're really great. And so, uh, you know, if, See, if, I, was if I had to give you a second choice after World Star PR, I would say that this publicist's company is no like way. really good. World Star PR is the best. See, I was out in the garden for two hours. Now my nose is running. Whatever blooms, there's some kind of a red 
bush. It's all over the place. Everybody's got it on all the walls. It's a big green bush with big red. They look almost look like bottle cleaners, you know? When that baby blooms, my nose and my sinuses go crazy. So there you go. So if I'm sniffing, it's not because I do cocaine. Well, somebody <laughs> might think he's, he's doing coke. Look. Man, no, I'm sniffing up the snots. Me? The snots are pouring. I can hear the dogs barking at the people walking by. <laughs> good, 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 good. It's where where is our fun. guest? I don't know. They'll be coming. They'll be coming. You like to talk, so just keep talking. Yeah, but I want to. You guys, we were on Movie Reviews and More last night, too, with Brian Sebastian, so we can give him a plug. He's on K4HD Radio, which is the sister or brother station to W4CY. We had a lot of fun. We had a really good time with Brian He's Sebastian. He's so nice. And so is that girl that wears the glasses. I told her, get rid of the glasses. You look stupid with glasses. You're so beautiful. And she said she's going to have laser, laser surgery. What was her name? Terry? Yes. She's a sweetie pie. What's the last name? I forgot. I forgot too. But anyway, watch the show and you'll see Terry. She's like his co like Jimmy's my co-host. <clears throat> yes. Well, it should have been the Jimmy Starr show, Jimmy and Ron Russell show. But he refused to do that. So now it's Jimmy Starr's show with Ron Russell. Actually, that's a better billing for you anyway. It is a better billing because it makes me an individual, not just a co-host. That's right. It shows people the star that I am and the humble you know, man that I am, pretentious and, <laughs> and very demure yeah. and very shy. You're, you're shy and understated. Demure. You're shy and demure, all right. And understated, you homo. <laughs> Anyway, where is our guest? Come on, honey, let's go. We gotta keep talking because, like, I don't know where they are, and I don't have a way to get in touch with them. So that's awful. That's really terrible. She's coming. I'm sure she's coming. So I know. just relax. Lateness is not good. That's one thing that Betty Davis told me she couldn't stand. She was always prompt on the set. If another actor was late, like Faye Dunaway, who was always late, Betty hated her. They made a movie together. Betty Davis said that Faye Dunaway was the meanest woman she's ever met. And that Faye Dunaway was always late on the set. And the other thing was, Betty Davis said, know your lines. She had no patience for people who blew their lines because she worked hard at knowing her lines and your lines. And when she performed, she gave it her all and it was a good scene. And then you screw it up by screwing up the lines. They had to redo it. And she would get pissed off because take three was better than take 12. And what they would sometimes do is edit out one uh, scene and combine it with the other, you know, showing camera differences. We also got Thomas Claxton joined us. We hey, Tommy, to how Thomas, are you? Up? How's your girlfriend? Hope all is well. Yeah. Are you going to get engaged to this girl or just string her along and use her and then dump her? <laughs> you know, she's a very nice girl, Tommy. I like her. Not answering. Don Hinton's saying, what? Well, of course <laughs> Tommy's not answering because he knows I'm right and I shamed him. You know, in my day, if you were not with a girl two years and you didn't get engaged, families would fight. They'd tell the child, break up with this jerk. He's not giving you a ring and you're with him two years. You're wasting your youth. You're wasting your time. Today, you know, I mean, it's the same thing. You go out with some, If you don't know you're in love and you want to marry the person in a year, don't come and go get somebody else. I mean, Jimmy saw me and 20 minutes later was proposing to me, begging me to marry him. I said, I don't know. If I'm not doing anything on Thursday, let me look at my calendar. Yeah, right. if, if I'm open on Thursday, I'll marry you. 
So we went to City Hall in New York and my daughter stood up for us. And I was so happy to be married in my New York and not anywhere else. So that made my day being married in New York City. Thomas Claxton says, good luck shaming him. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> no, screw you, Thomas Claxton. Tommy, when I see you, I have no, I have no shame in punching you in the face because, you know, <laughs> I like her. She's really nice. And what's the story, man? You know, as they say, do it or get off the pot. No, they say shit. No, I'm not saying dirty oh, words. That's right. We're not saying dirty words. I've cleaned up my. Ass. We're trying to clean up a little bit, everybody, because we're still getting lots of views, and we're right. trying to up uh, upgrade uh, our. You know, a lot of. I'm trying to get Charlize Theron. <laughs> right, and, and you know, Jimmy asked Raquel Welch, as I always say, and she said, "No way am I going to do your dirty show." So Raquel Welch thinks she's pure than white snow. Well, we got dirt on Raquel over the years. She's far, but far from as pure as white snow. She's like Mae West said. She was pure white like snow, drifted. <laughs> That's a May West quote. What does that mean, drifted? I mean, she drifted away from being a virgin to being a whore. Oh, okay. Okay, that's funny. Oh, my God. I don't know what that means. Of course not. You're from Florida. What do you know? I don't know. You know, raised in Florida. You ever see the tests they have in Florida? Two-year-olds compare them. I mean, it's amazing, the schools in Florida. My kid was down there. I sent her to college. And here they went up north to Gainesville uh, College, because the college is down in Boca where we live, we're so numb. I mean, anyway, I understand that the schools in Florida have gotten much better. I don't know. Well, you don't know. I, mean, you, well, you, what I went you? to school, though. All my schools were in Florida, so I went to from I know all the way that. through college that's, that's, that's why you don't know who Thomas Jefferson is. Yeah, I do. You do? Oh. <laughs> How about Adolf Hitler? I don't know what I don't know what president he was though. Oh, he was the president of the of the Conga Utah Peninsula. Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Do you know where the Conga Utah Peninsula is? <laughs> where is our guest? I hope she's okay. I hope she's okay. We gave too. her such a build up and such a promo all over Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everywhere in the world. I'm looking, so I'm trying to see if I got an email, so just talk. Yeah, well, send her something. Say, honey, you're not on second. You're on first. There you Take, go. Keep talking. What can we talk about? Let's talk about, I don't know, what does everybody like to talk about? Sex. Everybody's interested in sex. Uh, Thomas Claxton said he was the third president. Thank you, Thomas. Don Hinton has a 28-year-old daughter, which she doesn't look old enough to have a 28-year-old daughter. And B says she's, she's double boomer's age. <laughs> And Cambria Carpenter is in there. Hi, Cambria. Nice to see you. Uh, my daughters have been engaged, I think, once or twice. And um, they backed out of a marriage quickly because uh, the husband, the future husband, really wasn't substantial enough to hold a marriage for the rest of their lives. So now they're two old maids. One is 43, one is 52. And I keep saying, you know, girls, it's time to find a guy. Men now at your age have been married, divorced, had children. They went through all that nonsense. Now they're looking for a career-minded woman who's beautiful and sexy and loving to travel with and enjoy and, and have a social life. So marriage is better the second time around or when you are in your uh, 40s and 50s. When you're 19, you know, you're, you're uh, penis crazed. Women, men are, you know what, crazed. And it's all about heat. You know, she's great in bed, I'm marrying her. 
And four or five years later, it's gone. You know, she's tired, she's asleep. So the men say, I married a cold fish. Dump this one and get a 12 year old or 18, 19 year old, whatever. We help. Okay, you, you you can do it. No, I know I can do it, but people are going to say, shut up, Ron. Oh, they're not going to say, all right, so let's just talk about something else because we don't have anything and I don't know where she is. I'm trying to get in touch with people, but it's hard. This is ridiculous. Um, I don't know. Hopefully, this there's is not a problem. I hope there's not a problem either. But in the meantime, you guys, um, lots of cool things are going on. We're watching uh, Firefly Lane. Is that what it's called? Thanks. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah, uh, too, much talking, awesome. too much talking, too much. Stalling, you know, when they do these 10 uh, show things, they, they stretch it out to the point of when you fall asleep. I could have done that movie in an hour, 40 minutes, but now it's like a thousand hours of nonsense, stupid talk, uh, soap opera nonsense, unimportant, uh, unimportant stuff. I mean, who really cares about these two broads? You know, whoever wrote it was a soap opera writer. Oh. I love it. It's actually, no, well, you it's, like based soap on a, it's based on a New York Times bestselling book. Um, so well, it's based well on today book. a best-selling book could be like learn how to read. That's true. You know, I liked it, and I think Catherine Heigl's great in it. And I don't even really like her. But no, she she got brown hair. She looks like hell. Yeah, she's she looks fat. Like hell. She got fat. That dark hair. She's not a pretty girl anymore. And the other girl annoys me with that ridiculous uh, I like her smile. Too. All she does is give me that big show a cat smile. No, nah, it's not good. Anyway, watch it. You may like it. Also, then. Uh, um, oh, Don wants to know where you're going to be filming stuff. Oh, me? We're going to be filming many movies in Atlanta. I know that. I'm filming for Joseph Kelly uh, somewhere in Santa Clarita, and that film will be Clowny. I'm filming uh, Quigley probably in Either Atlanta. Tennessee or Atlanta. Tennessee or Atlanta. I'm filming um, Dave uh, Dave's film. I don't know where. Oh, place in, in LA. LA. Dave, uh, I lost him. I love him. Daily? Daily, my good friend. His film is going to be wonderful. Uh, who else's film? I've got a whole bunch of them. Mostly uh, they're going to be in Atlanta, Tennessee. Are we shooting that one, the good script in New York that I love? No, we're shooting it in Atlanta. And what's the name of that script? We have two of them. Get Her? Get Her is a great Get script. Her and Izzy's Story? Yeah, but Great Heart is really a, a uh, Real Great Hawk comes out. You're gonna love it. Good script. If they if they do the movie is like the script, it's gonna be a thriller, thriller, dilla. Really, and I'm in that one. I play a cop, I think, a detective or some shit. Anyway, um, we're filming all over as things open up. Also, funding. Everybody's got these scripts and they have the cast, but they don't have the funding. When the virus came. People started losing money. The economy went down. Um, stock market went up. Don't ask me why, but the economy went down. And lenders became very weary of giving away a couple of million bucks because the films that Jimmy call them investors. What do I call it? What do I call them? lenders? Investors. The lenders like a bank, and you're not going to a bank. Well, the sometimes banks lend money to films, but anyway, uh, investors or lenders. Uh, Jimmy's films are in the multi millions. So it's hard to get the funding for them. Some of the films I'm in are lesser amounts of money. And they're in the hundred thousands, so they can get their money quicker. But I have to tell you something, and I'm not lying. If you have money and you want to invest it in a good script and a good film, you'll make money because movie theaters are not open. 
people have to see things on TV, on streaming. And when they stream them on TV, like Netflix and stuff, you get X amount of dollars every time somebody tunes in. So the bucks are far greater than selling out to a 300-seat theater, you know, which is not filled, as you know. They're always empty. Nobody wants to go out. But everybody will watch your movie at home because they eat popcorn, they lay in their pajamas, and they watch your film, like me. <laughs> We've done a lot of that and, lately. Yeah, and remember, every time the film you invested in is shown on YouTube, no, what's the other one? Yoohoo, Hula, 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 Bila, Bila, Ba, all those super networks, you make money. It's all fun. you got to have fun with No, it's a thing. steady income. I mean, if you're on the back end, you're going to make money. When the So investing in film today is a new place to go. Right now, everybody needs content, so it's a good place to be, especially if you make movies under $5 million. Right, because they yield a lot of bucks. You know, a lot of times these movies, if you want to rent them, they're 5 bucks on TV. If you want to purchase them, yeah. they're eleven ninety nine. So that's a lot of money times millions and millions of people all over the world that can watch it because it streams out. See, when a movie goes out to a local theater, what have you got? X amount of theaters in the United States, then you have to wait for it to go to Europe and to Asia. Now with streaming, the entire world tunes into that movie at the same time. So when the money comes in, it comes in in barrels. Yes. You can't find Blanche? I, I'm trying to. They're trying to get in touch with her. They don't know what happened because they Blanche. she confirmed everything. So Blanche. Sure what happened. Blanche. Streetcar name design. I'm trying to get the Blanche. link. So hang Maybe on. she got mad because I spoke so well of her mother. No. I hope not. I'm, I'm resending the link just in case. So just keep talking. Well, this happens in show business, folks. You know, Lainey Kazan was Barbara Streisand's understudy. A funny girl on Broadway. Barbara Streisand never missed a performance. Now, Barbara Streisand gets laryngitis and is unable to make a performance. So, Lainey Kazan, her understudy, is going to go on now and sing Funny Girl. Um, somehow it leaked out through Lainey's mom, I heard. And the press was there the night Lainey was going to sing. And it was announced. Lenny Kazan, understudy Barbara Streisand. Well, suddenly, out of nowhere, appears Barbara Streisand, allowing Lenny to perform. Lenny was so humiliated and upset, and Barbara Streisand went out and gave a half-assed performance with her voice being crappy, just so that Lenny Kazan would not get the uh, bravos that she would have gotten. Barbara was afraid that maybe Lainey's voice was better than hers, which I feel it is, and so do many people. And that's a story from Lainey's mouth to my ears, so it's not a made-up story or press. Absolutely. Lainey Kazan sings Body and Soul better than any performer in the world. When she sings Body and Soul, you want to cry. The album, by the way, Lainey's album is called Body and Soul. Or go on iTunes or whatever you go on and pull it up and play it. It's a wonderful, wonderful rendition. My heart is sad and lonely. I think of you, of you, dear only. That's a great song. Why haven't you called me? I love you so, body and soul. And she does it beautifully. 
saying in the chat room we need to make merchandise t-shirts coffee mugs need to make some money shirts, you know, wine I'm on, glasses i'm on this show nine years i haven't made a nickel you know it's all freebie so i said to jimmy i've never worked for free because anyone that works for free is a slave and jimmy said no 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 what we get in publicity and how we build the show it's you can't money can't buy the publicity we got i said yeah but wouldn't it be nice if we made a couple of bucks you know i i would feel i've done something we're working on it well to work without getting paid is not joyful uh, i would like to be paid what would you i work hard it's every wednesday we do two hours and you know two hours of talent is a lot of money i mean oh, let's get uh, uh angelina jolie my little darling friend she two hours she'd get 20 million dollars i'm only looking for a little salary like 400 bucks well, we're working on it you guys and one way we're working on it is we need to be able to show stats and so uh we joined chartable so if you see the jimmy star show with ron russell on uh the link that's on apple podcasts because they don't call it itunes anymore now it's called apple podcasts share that link or if you see me sharing it we need to get our numbers up on oh, we're really big on soundcloud and we're really big on everywhere but we're not big on apple Podcasts. so we need to get up there so if you see us we charted this week we're like number 400 or something in tv and film podcast which is really not good we should be number one in that one so uh we got to get going so we got to get more people not going to the other platforms and going to apple Podcasts. well it's not awful because apple stinks and nobody wants to go on it <laughs> i mean if everybody else says we're number one and apple has as a hundred apple is not getting the viewership it should get so therefore we should promote it for apple and if they're kind they could get us from 400 to one yeah the problem that we have is that because our show is put out by a bunch of different people we only have one rss feed that goes to feed it what's and an so rs that's the feed that people use to, to feed it to spotify and apple and all those different things like so if you love us so apple podcasts can only use one rss feed and we have five and so there's no way to get all of them so i'm trying well, to work if you love out. us do whatever it is that jimmy said to do because <laughs> i have no idea what that is and let us get there so we'll get sponsors and you know, we can make a few bucks. I would do it for you. I mean, if you guys out there, if I knew you were working for free, I'd feel bad. I would I would help you. Everybody should be paid for working. Teresa Saban says she subscribed to us. Thank you. And I don't know if Teresa was in there before. So if we missed you before, Teresa, or we didn't say hello, we weren't ignoring you. So hello, hello, Teresa Saban. Jimmy, pull down the she back was, of my shirt. I she was like, in the chat room last wait, night. Wait, I look like the hunchback. Of, of I look like the hunchback of Notre Dame with that. That's better. Now I have a neck, somewhat of a neck. Anyway, we're, I guess she's not coming on. So that's, I don't know. So we have to like keep talking. That's the end of her. What happened? I don't know. I'm trying to get in touch with her. I'm texting now. Well, whatever it is, it, it doesn't work in her favor. I'm sorry to say, because it doesn't show professionalism. If she is sick or, or broken down somewhere, we understand that we can give her. But if she just forgot, well, I don't know because they're saying that she verified it. They're trying to get in touch with her. Well, so in the I'm, meantime, I'm sure she's very kind and sweet and wants to be here. And I, uh, everybody wants to be here when they say yes. Everybody has a good time. Our show last week with Ethan Supley too. You guys, I haven't. No, I had, did I pronounce his name wrong? Right, Souffle. Souffle. Yeah, Souffle. Souffle. No, not Souffle. Oh, not Souffle. Souffle. I know. I'm being sarcastic. Uh, I forgot. It's French. You have to pronounce it French. Oh, they say we look gorgeous. But in the meantime. Um, 
Uh, the video will go up tomorrow, you guys. I'm behind. I didn't get a chance to get it out, so it'll go up tomorrow. It'll be a lot of fun, and we had the guys from the Scene Snobs on with it. It should be a lot of fun. Um, uh, I'm, I don't know what else to say about that one. I don't know either, you know. I mean, we're not, we're not scripted. We're unrehearsed, so everything we say now is a cappella off the top of our head. Okay, so we can do so. Let's do some surveys with our fans because they always like it when we just talk about shit anyway. And so we can just Don't like, use talk, that word. Oh, talk about things anyway. You so must let's, never let's, use that word again. Let's bring all of our, let's bring everybody in the chat room in. You have an awesome show. Always enjoy watching you. Thank you, Cambria. Uh, Dave Hughes, did we welcome Dave Hughes to the chat? I don't know if we did or not. What's up, Dave? Sorry, we don't have any. He's, he says he says in all the years he thinks he's missed five shows. It's always great banter and wonderful guests, and some are super sexy too. <laughs> you know, Dave, I really would like to meet you one day. I swear, I'm not lying. If ever we we, we will get to London eventually. I don't know where you live. But we should really hook up, and I should bring all nude pictures of all of our lady friends and give them to you. It's funny. He'd like that. Yes, uh, we also have uh, our new um, video, no, no, scratch that, radio audio drama called Dead Exit that's going to start getting taped in the next few months. It's Hollywood murder and mayhem set in the future. Ron's paying, playing Gary Glitch, the, the uh, uh, game show, crazy game hey, show. Crazy host. game show. Hey, everybody, we're going to play today the crazy game show. We also, uh, I'm playing Johnny B. Hollywood and... Now we have Sadie Katz is joining us uh, for the production. So is Steve Ham, so Johnny, I Shapiro, Scott Page, Kenny Aronoff, um, uh, Kenny Aronoff, Scott. It's like Page. old home week. It's going to be such a blast having everybody we know. Here comes my dog to give me kisses. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, does your dog have a bad breath? Our dog has the worst breath. Somebody said he needs to have his teeth cleaned. And then we looked into it. It's like six hundred. No, seven fifty. Oh, seven fifty to clean this little dog. He's got like six teeth. <laughs> I mean, seven fifty. What is it? A hundred dollars a tooth? Anyway, that's funny. Dave Hughes says they're considering traveling to New York when COVID is over. We're going to New York in May for Ron's birthday. Mm -hmm. Whether COVID's over or not, we're going to visit uh, Eileen. We're all going to get together, all the crazy ones, and we're going to film it. It's going to be a party. Uh, 80th birthday party that I didn't have last year because of COVID. So we're going to celebrate it in New York with all of our friends. And they're all demented and they're all crazy and they're funny and they're wild. He wants to go into Dave's suitcase so he can come with them. Oh, that's <laughs> come sweet. With that's sweet. <laughs> it's fabulous. I think the whole thing is just terrific. You got to like love the whole thing. So everything did, is did going they find, as it goes. Did they find Blanche yet? No. Pretty soon it's going to be to the point, though, if she comes on, there's no room to talk to her because right, we have another right. guest. So we're just going to say, everybody, we apologize. We don't know what happened to Blanche uh, Baker, but something happened, and I'm sure she's very upset about it. And we'll let you guys it. know later. And I will let you know the truth, if she, whether she forgot or, or I don't know. You know. Sometimes you say to yourself, whether they think who the hell they are, they're not good enough or whatever. That's a negative. I don't like to do negative. I don't think she's going to be that. So I'm going to think the positive. Something very important has happened, and that's why she's unable to be on our show. I'm sorry because I did a big PR about it. But we can't talk about her mother, Carol Baker. If anybody out there has any input in the, in the chat room, please do now. Let us know if you know who Carol Baker is, if you remember, and all the wonderful work that she did. 
She was in the greatest story ever told about Jesus Christ. She played the sister that got leprosy uh, in the cave when uh, I think it was Charlton Heston went to see his mother, who was played by that fabulous actress, and I can't think of her name right now. But anyway, Carol Baker's been in, remember her in Baby Doll? Baby Doll, she played that insane you know, young woman who is being seduced by, what's his name, the great actor that, the, oh my God, I wish I could, have, I wish I was younger and had a memory. Baby Doll? I can yeah. look it up while you're talking. He's a fabulous actor. He's passed on now, but wonderful actor. He's from the studio, you know, the New York studio school. You know, I found out from a doctor that if you have a point six or seven, what is it called? I, that they do with the blood work. AIC. If you have an AIC, A1C, A1C, A1C. A1C of six or seven, it's good. If you have anything way below six, it can cause memory loss and uh, some sort of a dementia. Eli Wallach is e- it? Eli Wallach. Carl Malden. Oh, I mean, how do you get people? Carl Malden, Eli Wallach, Carol Baker. The three of them were absolutely incredible. And I think it's what's-his-name that wrote it. Uh, um, you know, the famous writer. Oh, uh, oh hang on, I can tell you. I'm not, I'm not prepared for this, and I shouldn't really talk about when I'm not prepared. Not Hemingway, the other No, one. no, it's uh, uh, Elijah Kazan was a director. Tennessee Williams. Tennessee Williams. How can I forget Tennessee? My favorite, favorite of all. That in a hot tin roof. Streetcar named Desire. I mean, Tennessee Williams was probably the great. He was gay, and he put a lot of gay overtures into this work, but he did it in a subtle way. Paul Newman was supposed to be gay in Cat in a Hot Tin Roof. That's why he wasn't having sex with Elizabeth Taylor. And we picked up on that because any man who didn't want to have sex with Elizabeth Taylor had to be either stupid or gay. I mean, gay men would have sex with her too because Elizabeth Taylor had sex with a lot of gay men. Uh, Montgomery Cliff was her dearest friend, Rock Hudson. And Elizabeth Taylor, you know, she didn't care if they were straight or gay. Anyway. So, oh, they want to know if you're bringing back Set the Record Straight. B wants to know. I want to bring back. I want to bring it back. I was going to shoot the first episode with Sue Wong at the end of March. But now that I'm I'm working on uh, the magic gift or the gift of magic, my my movie, I don't really know. And um, we'll see what happens. But I would like to bring Set the Record Straight back. I just don't have the, the legendary stars anymore. They're all dead. But I would like to get people like... Um, George Clooney. Who? George Clooney's legendary now. Do the now legendary stars. Well, George Clooney's not about to fly from Cuomo come in my studio. Because that's an on, one-on-one studio interview. It's not a, a streamer. So that's the difficulty, getting celebrities to the studio. Um Mostly they all lived in California. When I did my show, everybody came to Palm Springs, so it was easy to get celebrities. I mean, Tony Curtis came to Palm Springs, Jane Russell, all of the stars that I interviewed. Um, I don't know. I'd like to get Stephanie Powers. I met Stephanie at Shelley Winter's 80th birthday party, and she was very nice. I'd like to get to talk to her about William Holden, the man she loved, and uh, who died 
when he was with her, you know, she adored him. But that's, that could be an interesting story. There's a lot of celeb- I mean, I'd like to get, like, who else? I mean, the old broads and the old guys. They said that you're the icon. Yeah, right. No, all the stars that I interviewed or knew in my lifetime, I loved. My mother was a silent movie child actress, Jenny Gabriel. Her father stopped her from doing it because he said, all those women's on the putane, which means they're whores. Back in 1926, my grandfather died. So you can imagine what it was like. My mother was born 1910. So she did these things in 1916. So 1916, any woman that dyed her hair blonde or red and wore lipstick was called the putana. Stupidity of the day, but that's what it was back then. She raised me with Hollywood. Colbert, Clark Abel, all the great stars that she loved. My mother loved Rudolph Valentino. She was a great fan of his. When I told her he was gay, she almost beat me up. She said, oh, you're full of crap. You're jealous. Everybody says the gorgeous ones are gay. I said, no, he was lovers with Ramon Navarro. I know because Blackwell's husband told me of it Spencer, who was Richard Blackwell, the designer's husband. And he also had sex with Ramon Navarro. They're saying you need to do streaming because streaming is the way everybody's going to be doing it. I know, but it's so like, it's just not me. I love sitting with the guests, holding their hand. Talking, and they're even doing it like on all the talk shows, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I know that, shows. but I, I would like set the record straight to be intimate show like it was, you know, sitting next to Cliff Robertson, and, and listening to his story about how Joan Crawford tried to bag him, ball him. Uh, Don Hinton said she watched her interview with Tippi Hedren and the Lions. Oh, Tippi is a sweetie. I love Tippi. Uh, I would love to have Tippi come on this show, but, you know, Tippi's 90-something now. And when you get to be 90, maybe you don't remember too much. But anyway, oh, he likes the idea of you sitting with the guest. Yeah, I find that to be very, like with Jane Russell, it was my dearest buddy in the world. And thank you, Jane Russell, for being the first guest I had and making Set the Record Straight great show that it was because we were not on the air but a few minutes and we had 16,000 hits. And my network couldn't believe it. They want you to sit in front of a fireplace. <laughs> well, that's what we did. That's what Jane and I did. We sat in front of a fireplace. Uh, the same with all my guests. Arlene Dahl was wonderful. Um, they're all gone now, except Arlene is still around. They're all gone, and their stories went with them. Arlene Dahl's son is uh, Loren, Loren, Larry, Lorenzo Lamas. Larry, I have to try and get him again. Well, Larry, it's me, Ron. Larry and I know each other for years. I went to his daughter's christening. At, uh, Tall Trees, which was Arlene Dahl's house fun, though, in New cool. York State. Larry knows me. Are you kidding? That would be a fun one. I, I, I always said Larry is not afraid to hug a gay guy because he's so straight. The guys that are afraid to hug me are the ones that are a little closety. You know, a little, <laughs> they're a little, they're a little light, light, in the loafers. light in the loafers. And they think if they hug me, then everybody's going to pick up the bad grade. Larry, Len, Larry hugs me. He's a sweetie boy. So B. Claudia wants to know, what's my dream guest? Who shall we tweet every day to make me happy? And I have two guests. One of them, Ron, doesn't 
give a shit about really, but um, Molly Ringwald is my number one guest. And like, if she comes on, I'm going to tape Ron's mouth so I get to talk because she's my absolute favorite. Oh, I would let you talk and, because um, I have nothing in common with her. And my other one is Charlize Theron, which Ron and I will be fighting to get to say a word. <laughs> no, not really, not really. Mine would be Sophia Loren because I did a movie with Sophia in 1959. And I would love to see her again. Um, she's got so much to talk about because she's 86 years old. Uh, if you said he tried to get Patty LaBelle, tried to get a hold of her, that would be a big one. Oh, we Patty like, we LaBelle, Patty I would LaBelle. be speechless. I would just sit there and say, sing, girl, sing. They like the idea of Lorenzo. And I want to just give a quick shout out, too, to Teresa Saban, you guys. Like, we've been on the air a long time, and we've known her now for for a while. And she is the, the greatest supporter of everything that, I mean, I, it doesn't matter what I do. She's like always there supporting everything. And I so appreciate everything that you do for us. Um, it's really wonderful. Everybody in the chat room actually has been very, very supportive and we love all you guys. But like Teresa's in the chat room of every show we go on. If we can get interviewed by anybody, she's always there. And she's such a fabulous woman. Uh, she lives in Florida on a boat and uh, she's fabulous. And so I just want to thank you for all the support that you've given us. Um, and everybody else in the chat room too, because you guys are awesome. And if you guys could get Molly Ringwald to come on our show, I, I would be like happy as a pig in slop. <laughs> Molly, Molly Ringwald as a band, they prefer, they performed here in Palm Springs in a gay bar. I mean, when you work a gay bar, you're not exactly everybody's demanding you. You know, so Molly Ringwald would be thrilled to be on our show. Because I don't think anybody's ever invited her on a talk show. Molly Ringwald did one or two movies and then was gone. No, you're wrong. She did 16 Candles and what else? You're a fan. Other people don't even remember she who she is. She did Pretty in Pink. She did 16 oh, Candles. She did yeah, and Pretty in Pink. Club. Right now, she's the mother on Riverdale, one of the biggest shows in the world on, on Netflix. On well, the CW. Well, you know what? Her name is not... For well, me, her name is like it. That's it. She's my like... My favorite, uh, one of my favorite actresses of all time. That's why I was so excited about having Blanche Baker on today because she was in 16 Candles. And I love Molly Ringwald. We don't know what happened. Nobody oh, knows. Boomer Mice says Wanda Sykes. I would love to get Wanda Sykes on. Oh, oh no, forget about it. She is hilarious. Oh, me and Wanda together? Are you out of your mind? I tweet to Wanda, but she doesn't respond. It, Wanda would never be on with me. It would be XXXXXXX rated. Probably would be the most hilarious show ever. Yeah. Wanda Sykes is so funny. I love Wanda Sykes. I love her. Also. I mean, her stand-up and everything is great, but when uh, she's in that movie with Jennifer Lopez, and Jennifer Lopez is trying to marry the guy, and Jane Fonda's the father, the mother-in-law, and she's like the assistant. That shit is so – she was so hilarious. She's really one of the funniest women on the planet. She is hilarious. She is very funny, Wanda Sykes. I would love it. Oh, Miss Kim says she'd like us to get Kate Blanchett. That would be nice, too. I love Kate Blanchett. You know that she's my favorite actress. Excuse me, the Meryl Streep. I never miss a Kate Blanchett performance. She always gives us character, not Blanche. Um, to me, that's an actor where you give us the character, not yourself. I'm hitting says Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin, it would be fun if we could get the cast. I know, that show. I know, Lily. What's I that show? Hey, Grace and Frankie and Grace, yeah. what a great show. We can get the whole uh, I cast. Met, I met Lily Tomlin in Greenwich Village when she was nobody and no one knew her. And I met her, I believe, at the Improv, which was the place where she was doing stand-up. And 
I remember we all, I, I vaguely remember, we all went to a gay bar together and we hung out and we were drinking and gabbing and having fun. I like Peter Gallagher too. He's on that show. Yeah, I like Peter Gallagher. Could be a fun one. Lily Tomlin is very nice. I like her. When I, she was a young, we were young together. I was like maybe 18, 17, 18, and she was the same age, maybe. We were very young together. I think that that would be fun, though. That was a lot of years ago. That was like 1958. Who do you guys want to see? Tweet it right in the thing. Who would you guys like to see? I know that who we want to have on. Who would you like to see? We'll see if we like any of your picks. <laughs> and see if, if any of them are any fun. Uh, I want one of those. Dawn says she wants one of the purple vibrators from that show. Oh, she's talking about from uh, Grace and Frankie and Grace. Frankie, what a great show that is, or Grace and Frankie, whatever it's called. You know, another show I like a lot is the Kaminsky Method yeah. with uh, Michael Douglas and um, uh, the other guy. I forgot his name. <laughs> That's a funny one. Oh, and they say Molly Ringwald's birthday is tomorrow. Oh, happy birthday, 16 candles. Now she has to put 200 candles in the thing. You gotta like love it always. Look at this. You want to be on? You want, he's licking the mic. You want to be on television here? Astro, say something to the fans out there. Oh, Lady Lake says Jennifer Tilly. I actually asked Jennifer Tilly. Oh, I love Tilly. Jennifer Tilly. I, I asked her and she said no. I'm not sure why. Though. She didn't really say no. She said she couldn't right now. I think is what she said. She had a new book coming out. I thought we could promote. Yeah, Jennifer Tilly. She's good. a really good one though, Jennifer Tilly. And she's not shocked by a dirty mouth or sexy stuff by no means. He says she'd like a cool dancer on the show. I don't even know any cool dancers. Judd Nelson though would be cool. Judd Nelson, Emilio Estevez, Demi Moore, any of those Rat Pack people because that's my favorite is the Rat Pack. That's why I like Sixteen Candles and Pretty in Pink and all those movies because those are Rat Pack movies. No one has gotten back to you, huh? They said they're trying to get in touch with her. Where the hell could she be? I don't know, but there's nothing we can do. If she comes on now, in five minutes... Oh, I know, we can't do on. anything. We're going to say hello and goodbye, and that was it for you, sister. But, I mean, you know, at least call we'll in find and out. apologize. We'll find out. I'm sure we will get one. Oh, Betty White would be a fun one. Cambria says Betty White. Right. I met, what's her name, B. Arthur. Um, B. Arthur was the uh, Grand Marshal here in Palm Springs years ago, the Gay Pride Parade. She gave me a, a bandana, by the way. I still have it. Uh, blue and white, you know, kerchief. In fact, I wear it now as a mask for my uh, virus thing. The author was a terrific name. I mean, was she, she tall? Was she really very, tall? She was big. She was more than tall. She was very tall and very big. I mean, I could have worn her clothes. She could have probably worn my clothes. The author was very big. Had a very husky voice. She was almost like a dyke. She was not a dyke. She was straight. She could have been a, a fabulous bull dyke if she was gay. The girls would have gone crazy for her because she's very manly. So I don't think, Teresa, that when B. Claudia says a famous dancer that she meant a stripper. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but hey, if you got, but if Demi Moore was in that stripper movie, like we, we Yeah, but the, the most famous dancers, who? Ann Miller, Sid Charisse. Uh, Sid Charisse, if you know her from the old movies, had the best legs in the world. Her legs were magnificent, and she could dance like nobody. And Miller was a tap dancer and probably the greatest of them all. Uh, I saw Ann Miller when she was very old, and she was hunchback. She was all bent over in a Chinese restaurant in Beverly Hills, and she was eating. And I was saying, should I go over and say hello? And I said, what for? I'm not going to embarrass her by letting me see her all hunched over at the table with a big humpback. 
Well, hold on, going on with this. So Don Hinton says Joe Manganiello, which I believe that's uh, so. What's the what's the beautiful lady, Sophia uh, Varga? Yeah, I think that's Sophia Varga's husband from. Uh, and I've actually tweeted to him many times. And Lady Lake, your your pick will never come on the show. She wrote, "Have you had Susan Lucci on? I love her." <laughs> Ron used to live next door to her or something. <laughs> he said she was a tyrant. <laughs> no, 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 no. Susan, I lived in Garden City, Long Island, and Susan Lucci lived uphill. The 14 room mansion, the big house. And Susan Lucci would go shopping in the supermarket, and I would see her. She'd be pushing a shop cart with backless high platform candy shoes, a skin tight jumpsuit in lavender, fully made up with long eyelashes, hairdo jewelry. And as she flew by you, she'd give you this great big smile as she continued walking. Now, yes. My daughter, Leslie, wins the Miss Long Island beauty contest and was Miss Long Island. And she's coming down the main street in Garden City, sitting on a Cadillac. And as she passed by, I'm thrilled to death. I didn't realize it, but Susan Lucci was standing right next to me. And Susan Lucci said, who is she? <laughs> and I look and I said, she's my daughter, Leslie. <laughs> and Susan Lucci looked, oh. I said, yes, I said, and she's Miss Long Island. She's representing us. Isn't that nice? And Susan Lucci just snapped her head and looked away. You know, my daughter was beautiful. She looked like Grace Kelly. Susan Lucci was getting old. She looked like a bird. Bird face. You know, she said, nose like a bird. I don't like her. I never did. Actually, Wait, nobody, nobody in Garden City liked her. Uh, she was very snobby and up on the hill. Oh, I have not nice things to say about Susan Lucci. I met, I met her at Super Soap Weekend, but she had to be nice, you know, because it's like a fan thing. Um, but she was kind of like nice. But No, she's really very nice. She's just a snob. I mean, she smiles, that great big smile where you could see her gums. <laughs> <laughs> and she smiles big. And she's very polite, but cold. It's just affected. She's so Hollywood. You know, soap opera stars, I find, a lot, I mean, you know, we know a lot of soapers. And some of them just have... And the also ideas of who they are. Well, we might as well give Sean Cannon a plug since he's one of our favorites. So and he's the best, and he's a dog. He's got a brand new uh, book coming out called Way of the Cobra. You can get it at wayofthecobra.com. You can pre-order it and get it autographed. And uh, and rumor has it, because we don't know this is a fact or not, but one of the last two seasons of Cobra Kai, I think Sean Cannon might be going on it, but totally rumor. We don't actually know anything. He, he won't sell any, say anything about and it. So and Sean and his wife, Michelle. Our, our closest, dearest friends. Sean, when I was under, I was in a blue mood a couple of weeks ago because of COVID and you know, crap. And Sean said, how about Michelle and I come to your house and we all cook together? Last time they were at our house, I was cooking and I was drinking and talking and everything was burning. So Sean went in the kitchen and made the salad. And Michelle saved our meal. Uh, they're two of the nicest, sweetest, most adorable people in the world. And he is so far from an affected actor. Sean, and she's a brilliant writer. She's writing for Studio City. She's writing scripts that are fabulous. The show is a hit. They made it longer now than 10 minutes. It's back on the air. It's on Amazon Prime. You guys can see they have like six watch, more episodes. Please watch Studio City. 
Also, then they're saying, oh, Boy George would be a fun one, which I would like Boy George. Oh, Sam is here, though. Our next guest is here. We might as well uh, We can, have, we can get rolling. Boy George because Eileen interviewed him. And Boy George, I think, said yes to us, but we never got around to it. But we will. Yeah, Boy George. And also they said, what about Carol Burnett? Carol Burnett is a very private lady. She is. Uh, she may not come on. She, she doesn't do talk shows. Uh, I wouldn't mind. You know, my very good friend used to play every Friday night charades with Carol uh, and a few other movie actresses in Beverly Hills. Two more, real quick, because we got a guest. So now. I could probably get Carol's number, private number, from my friend who knows Carol. So, Don, I would love to have Machine Gun Kelly, but I don't think Juan would like him. And I would love Belinda Carlisle. She actually has told us yes before, but then she went on tour, and I don't know. I never got back in touch, so we'll see. But now we're going to bring on our guest, you guys. Let's see. Hopefully everything runs good and smooth here coming in. Let's see if we can hear him. Hello, hello. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Very good. good. How are you? I'm good. Can you hear me? I've got my fancy mic. Yes, we can, we hear, can you. hear you loud and clear. Oh, and you have a good. you have a little goatee. That's so cool. <laughs> I do. Well, I had a beard to the first part of Corona, but then I'm I'm slowly as Corona is starting to get better. I'm making this smaller and smaller until I'll just have one of those little soul patches at yes. the very end. <laughs> All right, let me do our formal intro and get things rocking and rolling. All right, everybody, now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Rolling Stone claims top 100 singers of all time, singer, songwriter, Broadway, film and television, actor, writer, director, producer and author, and the very first winner of Star Search. Mr. Sam Harris, hello and welcome to the show. Good to be here. I'm exhausted from the introduction. There you go. It's a lot of fun. Everything is fun. We're going to have a great time. Um, before we get started, first, let me introduce you to my Cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hey. Hi, Ron. Better to have an exhausting entrance or intro than like three things. Like, you know, you did like Broadway, a movie, and maybe a television show. That would, <laughs> that would be very boring. <laughs> it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah, but listening to your background tells me you're good. No, he's fabulous. You gotta be good to get that. I'm like super excited. So nobody I, gets those goodies unless they're good. That's right. So we have a chat room with all kinds of countries represented. So please say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hello, everybody in the chat room. Do I have to type or I can just say? Oh, you hello. can just say it. You can just say hello and then say hi to Cindy, Cindy Lady Lake, uh, because I, I sent her the promo. She's a fabulous <laughs> music promoter, and she was like, "Oh my God, Sam Harris, he's so fabulous!" You know. So say hi to Cindy. Hi, Cindy. How are you? There you go. All right. So I'm super excited. First of all, I actually used to live in Florida. Um, and so I actually, you performed at Charlie's one time when I, and I actually saw you perform at Charlie's. I'm talking like a long, long, long time ago. And then I also saw you on tour. With, Wait a second. I think I remember that. I also saw you on tour of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamboat. And, uh -huh. uh, in Florida also? Um, yes, in Florida also. Now we're in Palm Springs, California. Uh, but I've always been a big music person, and I actually wore out your very first Motown CD, like literally like wore it out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I had a great time on, uh, you know, I think the first one you mentioned was probably record promotion. And then uh, Joseph, I was on the road with for 15 months um, all over the country. It was the Broadway National Tour. And uh, man, after that, I... I 
retired the loincloth and swore I would never, <laughs> never put it back on again. Which I like, love that. I think it's fabulous. I've followed your career all along. I buy all the music. Um, and I don't really buy music from hardly anybody, but you have such a phenomenal voice. Thank and I you. still, uh, I have to just tell everybody, because if they, anybody who has never heard of your, heard your first album, and I know Over the Rainbow is like your signature song and everything, and, and it's beautiful, and you sing it beautifully, but I've heard it all before, and Don't Look in My Eyes are like two of my favorite ballads like, of oh, all Oh, thank time. you. I, mine too. Mine too. I've heard it all before. I had sung for a few years before, uh, before uh, I, I did it on Star Search and then recorded it. Did I sing it on Star Search? I think I did. I um, did. And uh, Don't Look in My Eyes, uh, it's it's one of my one of my favorites too. It's it's a great it's a great song. It rips your heart out. You know those ballads, those great big pop ballads from the eighties, right? I like love them. Those and and I don't. You know you probably know Desmond Child. Do you know Desmond Child? Sure. Yes. Um, like he, now, he lived that. in Florida. He lived he in lived Miami. In Florida. He did yeah. some stuff with uh, Joya Bruno, who's a good friend of ours from Expose. But I've never met him. But and I know he writes songs for everybody else. But he actually put out a solo album. Um, no, I didn't know that. One, he put out one album, and it had another ballad. And like you, to me, it's like one of the best songs like ever, ever, ever heard. And he never really, you know, went anywhere as a singer. He's one of the biggest songwriters like in the world. But um, uh, but the ballad thing is something that I like. I like a lot because you can't fake a ballad nowadays. You hear all these dance songs, you know, and you can go through auto tune and you can do all kind. I know because I have a lot of friends who I know they can't sing and they got big Billboard hits. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, I know that I know that a lot of things, but you cannot fake a ballad. You can either sing or you can't. Well, um, you know, it's it's I think part of that is uh, it's the singing part. It's, it's certainly the voice of it, the notes and how they sound. But I think the most important element of a ballad like that is the storytelling is the personification of the song. And as an actor first, I I approach songs, you know, like a little mini play uh, with a beginning, middle and an end. And uh, that's what informs the song. And I know for me, there's a lot of, there are singers that wouldn't, you, no one would necessarily call them a great voice, but they will break your heart because they're honest and authentic and they're telling you the story, you know? And when you put two together, then you've got a winner. Did you see uh, Lauren Bacall in applause? No, I'm too young to have seen her in applause. I did see her right. in my living room right. a few times, though. Right. How, how about Angela Lansbury? <laughs> did you hear me, Ron? Yes, did you I hear heard me, Ron? Uh, yeah, Lauren, Lauren was, a, was a friend of mine as well, so I, I knew she her. She came into my apartment in New York, Wait. our apartment, and she came in literally like the quintessential. She was the first person there to the party, and she dragged a mink behind her and said, I can only stay for a few minutes. And she was the last person to leave at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I, I went. I went to Peter Allen's house at the Dakota, and it's a long uh -huh. hallway. Long hallway. Then they got to the living room. There was a crowd of queens, and they were all standing, you know, hissing like the den of snakes. And I looked in the middle, and there was Lauren Bacall, loaded yeah. out of her bird, and the queens were holding her up. I swear, if they moved away, she'd hit the dirt. Uh, I've been in her company a lot of times. Friend of mine did a thousand dollar luncheon. Plate for her favorite organization. I was covering it. I got there. There wasn't a chair for me. So I said, oh, does no. anybody does anybody have a chair? Do I open my garbage? I stand in the hallway. So this is the first time I met her. 
or maybe the second, the first time. And she said, well, you could sit on my lap. I went over and I sat, I really didn't, I made believe I sat on her That's lap. funny. And she's a sweetie pie. She was a real broad. Uh, she was know, a broad. She's, you know, she was Roddy McDowell was one of my very best friends, and he and Betty were very close. Very so they close. would come over to dinner, and we had some great. I love making a dinner party with fascinating people. And then my New York, to, my New York apartment was like the, a great place for that. It was a, a you know, a nineteenth-century brownstone with these big ceilings and these large rooms, and it just right. it was. Built for entertaining, you know. So I. Are you in these, New York now? Are you I, in New I, York no, now? I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in L.A. I, I've I've yeah. been in a few of those uh, on 57th Street in the West Side. They were magnificent. Um, do you know Lee Winkler, Global Enterprise? Lee Winkler. Yeah, he was Roddy McDowell's dearest and best friend, and. Uh, I know this it name. Would been, it would have been yeah. a long time ago. Yeah, a long time. Lee was my dearest and best friend. He we was like, like a business manager. We were like brothers. Oh, he handled everybody. Reynolds. He was everybody in Hollywood that was important. Business yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I know him. I met Roddy in the early '80s, and we became fast friends. And uh, in Los Angeles, that's where he lived. He was in New York. Uh, for a, a couple of years around Christmas, he was doing Scrooge at, I believe it was at uh, Madison Square Garden. I don't, can't remember. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we were very, very close. And Roddy, you know, was a, he was always taking pictures. He would, yes. uh, you know, he had those four volumes called Double Exposure and of just, you know, movie stars, celebrities, different kinds of things where he would just snap pictures and he would show up at my house and just, I'd open the door and he'd be taking a picture or he would just be shooting a film. This was long before we had iPhones, right? Yes. So he was always shooting something and he loved having records of everything. And he was responsible for saving a lot of footage that was thrown away in big trash bins. And in fact, he had stolen, not stolen, he had salvaged and saved all of these things. But then the FBI raided his house and took all these films and he had to fight for them because they were going in the garbage. Anyway, uh, I digress. How did we get there? You know, you know Linda no, but, Phillips, but someone Rod, named- I made to me go back with Roddy. I, Roddy I met Roddy at, at a party at Larry Winkler's house. And he came up with a very famous person he was seeing at the time, but I can't give the name because then we'll know what Roddy was all about. <laughs> but Roddy was gay. There's no big deal. And Roddy was up there with um, a very important actor who I won't give his name. Anyway. But he's like college kids. How many kids did he put through college, Roddy? I mean, How every many time kids I, did he put through college? I mean, he always had young men that were going to college, it seemed. And he was paying for their colleges. I don't know about that. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it was a standard joke, like, okay, what college are you supporting now? But anyway, Roddy was a fun guy, a sweet guy. I met him briefly, but I knew a lot about him because, as I said, Elizabeth Taylor, Roddy, and Lee were the best of friends. Yeah, Do you he, know and Elizabeth Taylor, he and Elizabeth Taylor were like brother and sister. Yeah. Do you know, do you I, know knew, I knew Elizabeth pretty well. There's somebody in the chat room named Linda Phillips. I don't know if that's a relation. I mean, Linda Hale. Oh, I do know who Linda Phillips is. Oh, say hi. Well, hello, Linda. Glad you're on here. Yeah, these like, are my, my St. Louis gals, and they travel all over the place when I'm performing or on tour or something. These are great, lovely women, she and Harriet. And uh, 
I'm glad that, that she popped in. I am too. Thank you so much for joining us. He's a great talent. So you have done all kinds of cool things. You've released nine albums. Uh, you have a memoir called Ham Slices of a Life, which now has also become a a one-man show, right? Because it was in L.A. Yes, last year. it became a musical show uh, that I did in New York and L.A., and then we, we shot it uh, for television. And now it's out. We shot it at the uh, – we played it at the Pasadena Playhouse, which is a beautiful, beautiful theater, which you guys may know about if you're in the L.A. area. It's just a stunning old classic theater. And uh, it's on Broadway HD now. It, yeah. it premiered on Lemily, the theater, you know, the theater chain. And yes. um, it is now on Broadway HD. It will go wider in uh, April, I believe. But right now it's on Broadway HD. And I'm so proud of this because it's not just an archive of the show, you know, how where they set up a couple of cameras and push play and push record and go. This is a film. It's shot like a film. It's edited like a film. We shot two shows and then we did a pickup day so we could bring the cameras on the stage and really, you know, because as a sort of a, you know, an old workhorse showman, <laughs> I wasn't I didn't want to do the show in pieces. We had two audiences and I wanted to run it top to bottom to get the feeling of the show and the arc of the show and the energy of the show and the sweat and what was happening emotionally. Cause it's very, it's a funny show, but it's very emotional as well. And I didn't want to do it in pieces to film it. So we did two all the way through with an audience. And then the next day we came back and just shot some close-ups and things that we wanted to capture in a more personal way, but it was full thing. You know, there were five cameras and cranes and dollies and they didn't, they shot it like a film. And I'm just okay. really proud of how it came out. It's, it's, a, it's like, really old like old Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a live show that you can see the oh, audience. Yeah, but I mean, years ago, you just described is what they did. Today, I know people, actors who are in a movie shot with a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But you know no, what? They, that's you know, how they good, look, look but like that's shit, how good the quality they? is of a cell phone. Yeah, so, but still, it's not the same as a studio years ago. It's not the same. No, no. I mean, we look no. like old bags with wrinkles and saggy stomachs. Years well, that's ago, the bad part about the lighting. You're that's the bad part about this 4K and the 8K. You know, when they shoot it for television, and you can, you know, see the pores in somebody's nose. It's I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Me neither. I, I, agree I think that's you. hilarious. I, I don't like when they turn sideways and I see earwax. You know, that's not. <laughs> that's the limit. That's where yeah, I change yeah. the channel. Too much for me. I'm, you know, I'm 80 years old, so I'm from the old Hollywood. That's why I liked it when you brought up Lauren Bacall and puts me in the conversation. I'm not too keen about what goes on in the 80s and 90s because I was already, you know, um, infatuated with my celebrity friends. And to me, Johnny Mathis is the greatest singer in the world. And people say, who's Johnny Mathis? I want to cry. Yeah, <laughs> I really want to cry because he's wonderful. But, well, um, you know, it's funny because I think, because I do, I work and do some master classes and things, you know, with these young kids, Broadway people who aspire to do Broadway because I've done so much Broadway. And it's funny because I'll make a reference to something and they say, well, I don't know who that is because that was really before my time. And I say, 
Well, Charlie Chaplin was before my time too, but I still know who the hell he was. I still studied him. I still understood his rhythm. I still stole from him and learned all these people just because they were before my time. That's the library. It is your obligation to study those actors and comedians and singers and performers. You know, it's important to know the history of your craft. So I don't buy it when people say, oh, I don't know who that is. I'm like, well, then I, you I, I agree. I agree with you 100%. I did a tour some years ago of schools where kids were in the uh, class of, of theater, the class. And one jerk was sitting in front of me, he was like in a coma. And I said to him something about Jane Russell, who was my best buddy, I was telling a story. And he didn't know who Jane Russell was. I said, do you know who Barbara Streisand is? He said, no, but I've heard of her. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, this kid's really going to go far in the business, especially at a networking cocktail party where he doesn't know his ass from his elbow. Right. Remember one thing. We are standing on the shoulders. Of, of course. Clark Abel. Okay. Marilyn Monroe, Greta Garbo, Dean Turney, uh, Jane Russell. They are the people that made Hollywood what it is today. It's a sin that we don't have Hollywood history classes. I pushed for it. Robert Osborne and I agreed on that. He said the I same thing. Quite well. Yeah, well, I used to run into him in the street all the time. I said, what are we, lovers? I mean, we're banging into each other all the time. But anyway, um, we both agreed that there should be some kind of uh, schooling, teaching in a school the history of film. Hollywood well, there are in colleges. In, no, in no, no, I mean. I mean in elementary school, because <laughs> when I was in elementary school, I knew I was going to be an actor. I just didn't know where to go with it, or how to do right. it. And I think if I were, when I was 12 or 13 years old, if I learned the history of Hollywood, I would have known how to go about it, how to be an actor, an actor of substance, not the jerks of today, here today, gone tomorrow. They can't act. They can't remember their lines. They're full of shit. And then, you know, who needs them? The actors of the legendary Hollywood still today are revered. I think that there are a lot of, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. I think there's a lot of fine actors. I think there's a lot yes, of very are. professional people, young people who are coming yes. up who have yes. the real thing and they've done their homework and they study and they took class. They didn't yes. just roll out of bed and said, I want to be a movie star. Oh, I and, agree with you. And I think they there's don't. some, because you know what, though, Ron, there was a lot of schlock then, too. Oh, no, know, wait a always... Hang on. They didn't have the studio system right. to get right. them out there. When I say stars of Hollywood, every studio had five or ten stars. We had a lot of studios. Today, we have great actors, Meryl Streep, uh, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. I mean, so many great actors not seeing them too much because they're growing older. The parts are less. What I'm seeing is the new genre of actor who is dirty looking, sloppy, mumbles, doesn't enunciate. I have trouble hearing because I'm old. That's what they said about Marlon Brando, Ron. No, 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 no. Marlon That's Brando. That's what they said. I was there. I knew Marlon. Please, Marlon is, my nephew is his stepfather. No, I mean, <laughs> Don't talk about Marlon Brando mumbled because it yeah. was the it was the actor's studio training that he did. Yes. A, a new reality. But you could understand Brando. 
Brando had theater speech. Brando knew how to project his mumbling. Today, they, they're wired. Mike. There's a difference too, though. You have to look at it because there's a difference. Because first of all, because you do a lot of real television. Well, I want to say one thing, oh. and then you can have the floor. In my day, they were called actors. Acting was beautiful because it was fake. Today, it's called realism. They are no longer actors. They are themselves portraying whatever. They think it's a shame to look or behave like an actor. And that's wrong. Because when you play Christopher Columbus, do not speak like you're from Hoboken. (laughs) And that's what's happening today. And I really dislike film. I think we've got to go back to actors being actors. When you played on Broadway, you were not you. No, of course not. But many you bring are. elements of yourself. You bring elements of yourself to everyone. Exactly. Now, here's the tricky thing. When I my show Ham, a musical memoir, I am playing me. I'm playing me at all these different ages, and I'm playing all these different characters, 12 different characters. I know it's not the same thing, but what I'm saying is that was an entirely different challenge to me to be talking and living and reliving and doing scenes that are specific to my actual life. So when you're an actor and you're doing eight shows a week on Broadway, you imbue it, the character, with your own personal experience and your own, you know, it's what you were talking about. It's the actor studio. It's method acting in that you find something, woo, um, that you relate to about that character so it makes the performance authentic. You're substituting things. And if you're doing a long-running show, you change it up. You got to change it up. Yes. You got to keep it fresh. Well, you find, you find when you're playing target. yourself, when you're playing yourself yeah. and you're oh, going you, through, like there's a teenage suicide in the middle of this. So every single time I'm doing this, I am actually going back to that specific experience of mine. So this show was the hardest show I've ever done. I call it a prison show because you can't do anything else. You have, you can't really, you have to speak at a certain time, eat protein at a certain time, steam at a certain time, get yourself together at a certain time. Now that doesn't work so well when you have, a child. And my son was um, eight and nine years old or ten, eight, eight to 10 when I was doing this show. And, you know, when you have a kid, you can't be precious anymore. I would be like, no, I can't speak until three. No, please bring me, please bring me a tuna on ride. No mayonnaise, no dairy, you know. And then I'm having a kid. I'm up at six o'clock in the morning. We're schlepping to the school and I'm doing whatever. All the precious goes out the window and you just do your damn job. You know I what love I mean? It. Love well, it. Also, doing an autobiographical movie has to be terrifying because you know, writing an autobiography book exposing but could Which you imagine could you imagine acting it out and reliving those moments right I, I i i personally would never do it because i've had moments i don't want to relive yeah sure. my life you know horrible times being a gay man all my life and having the uh well all of us are having gay men <laughs> no no but i mean having the, the, the having the unfortunate yes life that i lived from Brooklyn with all Italian mafia tough guys and being a fairy was not exactly my joyful living. So I would never write a book about my background. So uh, wait a minute, my hat's off to you. You did this film and I look forward to seeing it. Play, play, play. 
thought it was a film. It's a play that they taped for well, TV. It was a play. That well, we, it is a film, because I'm not doing the film. play now, Jimmy. I'm never doing this show again. Physically, vocally, exhausting. One more time with the thing, I'm going to break it. I swear to Christ, I'm going to break your fucking <laughs> well, you, finger. You told me you were going to let me talk. I'm going to let you talk, but right now. <laughs> you did now, promise that, Ron. You did but, promise that. No, but right now he's saying stuff that's important to me. I don't give a shit what you have to say. I want to say. I, I want to say, where can I watch this? Now you've got me interested, and I must see it. So I well, can look at it. Uh, for two ways. One, for your for the people who are watching this, it's on Broadway HD, which is a streaming channel of Broadway shows, Broadway musicals, all that stuff. So that's where people can see it. However, I did instruct uh, Katie, who you've been somebody's been dealing with on your team, I have. to send you guys a link and a special oh, password. Thank you. So thank that you. you that is my gift to you. You can watch it. We'll watch it tonight. Okay. He's watching that stupid other Firefly thing that I'm bored with. <laughs> so, you know, Firefly. Firefly Lane, I love it. Lane. I, mean, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's, oh, a, it's a Netflix you show. Don't even know from it. You shouldn't know from it. It's a piece okay. of Okay. You guys, so Ham, you guys, is based on the memoir. You can get any information that you need from Sam Harris. You can go to samharris.com and you can see everything because it's on there. Uh, but to do a little bragging also for Sam, because he also has a book, which we'll mentioned uh, called The Substance of All Things, which is not about Sam. It's an actual fiction book. Hold and, on. I'm uh, going to show it. Hold on. Okay, I'm in my office so I can actually get it. Okay. I just happen to have 200 copies here. Yes. <laughs> and they're all for sale. It's called The Substance <laughs> of All what, yeah. Things. So tell us, yeah. give us a, like a, a two-minute like uh, synopsis. It's basically, it's about... Um, of a, a boy named Theo in 1968 in rural Oklahoma who lost his mother to a car accident and has a little sister and a father who has a lot of his own issues. And this boy, Theo, has disfigured hands from that same car accident. He learns through this outcast Native American that he has the power to heal through these disfigured hands. And so he goes about with this gift and it's also, he's 12, so it's a coming of age story. It's about him trying to have an ordinary boyhood life against this extraordinary gift. And then of course he's in the Bible belt. And so there's a lot, when this gets out, this gets out, then he's demonized by the church, by the fire and brimstone. He's exploited by his aunt. And then to go against this whole thing, back at story, back and forth, is in current time, Adult Theo is a therapist, and it is through his work with this very, very damaged woman that he is able to go back and deal with the pain and the circumstances of uh, summer of 1968. So it. there is some joy, there is some fun, there is some enter it's entertaining. It's her his relationship with his friend Henry is beautiful, but you know it's some deep shit. So. Uh, I'm so proud of it. That, that, that's good. You, you guys, I'm, I mean, I'm going to have to, I'm, I, ha I decided because of my age and my experience that when I get, I'm not one to, to blow my own horn, but I will say, because I'm so proud of this, the reviews for this book have been extraordinarily off the charts from all the book publications and the comparisons to authors that I love. Um, so I'm really proud of this. It's my heart and soul. And, you know, you were reading the list of things that I've done in my life. And I'm like, well, yeah, I do I have done those things. But it's because I'm always 
curious and I'm always looking for what's next and how can I express something in a new way? Um, and I admire people that do one thing forever. It's focused, it makes giant careers. But for me, uh, I probably get I probably get bored. I don't are know. You, are you, you, are you a Gemini? I am. That's why I know. I'm a Gemini too. <laughs> so I understand. May 28th. I'm June 4th. I'll be, I, on May 28th, I'll be 32 years old. <laughs> really? You've had a hard life, haven't you, Ron? Very hard. I look, I look, I look 80 for 32. No, sir, I'll be 81. In America. Wow. Uh, I knew you were a Gemini because of your outstanding personality, your way of delivery, and you're interesting because most Geminis are very interesting. So I'll yeah, I, li I like you. I you think said, I'm going to like your stuff. You said you said you didn't want to uh, blow your own horn, so I'll blow it for you real quick, you guys. So everybody, watch what you say. Just you so know, you know, very personal, Jimmy. Very. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't so say you guys, blow besides it. being like on television and winning Star Search and selling millions of records and being one of the greatest singers on the planet, you've also seen him uh, in all kinds of shows, Broadway shows, Grease, The Life. Where you won a Tony for The Life, right? No, I was nominated for that one. Nominated, nominated for a Tony for the life. Producers, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, Jesus Christ Superstar, Cabaret, Hair, Pippin, and the first Wives Club, which I don't even know. Is that based on the movie? It was. It was, it was sadly a terrible, terrible show. Um, <laughs> it wasn't highlighted on your bio. Everything else was highlighted. No, and you could click no, it and no, go to see what it was. It was, <laughs> it, it was a terrible show. It's a, you know, of course, it's a great concept. And I think it's uh, powerful now because it's, a, you know, women who stand up for themselves, who have these dreadful husbands. And it had a wonderful cast, um, a great book. And a terrible, I'm just going to say it, a not great director. And okay. so it was, if you don't have a great director, then it doesn't matter how good everything else is, right? So it was, a troubled, it was a troubled production from the start. What's the name of your friend? What friend? Friend that we went to the party who, who got the Tony for uh Oh, my friend Fran Bazaar. Do you know Fran Bazaar? Of course he knows Fran Bazaar. Franny. No. Fran Bazaar? Yeah. Fran Bazaar. She got the Tony for um, oh, the fabulous Broadway musical. <laughs> oh, that one. 80 years old I am. Yeah, Fran, Fran, you know Fran Bazaar. Hang on, I'll look her up. I'll look her up. Anyway, I don't know Fran Bazaar. Everybody, everybody knows she's her. A producer. She, she's a producer. She's like fabulous. I know her 40, 50 years. Wait, are you saying Weisler? Oh, Fran Bazaar. Bazaar. Her real name is Fran Borgenick, but she goes under the name of Fran Bazaar. The Broadway musical that she won the Tony for was... I'm trying to figure that out. Why can't I think of the name? That fabulous. It was a, like a Western one, Tennessee or something, Nashville or... Uh, no, no was, uh, the title was A State. <laughs> oh the Best in Texas? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> anyway, I want to get a point across. I am so sorry that they did not allow filming all of the beautiful Broadway classics, no, Mary, right. Martin, Mary Martin and Peter Pan, how I would love to see that. Angela Lansbury in Maine. Right. Um, Lauren Bacall in Memphis. Memphis. It's called Memphis. A friend won oh, she Memphis. was in Memphis. No, she, she produced, produced it. it. She was the producer of she it. Produced oh, she Memphis. produced Memphis. And she's producing quite a few things now. Yeah, she's fabulous. Her partner, I forgot his name. He's a Greek fellow. 
Oh, real quick too. Hang on, everybody. It's called the Substance of All Things, you guys. In the chat room, they want to know the name of the book. Substance, substance of, all, of things. all Things. You could go to Amazon. The go to substance Amazon of and all get things. it. And also, Ham Slices of a Life is his memoir. So there's two books, not one. Okay, um, there. And there's audibles for both. But I, I just did the we the book came out, and then we put on the audible, and uh, so you can buy it in you know uh, whatever it's called, ebook, print and or audible i personally my own taste is i like a book in my hand i like the tactile oh, me, too. me too i um, love the smell of a book yeah i wish you could smell this ron because it smells oh, so smell good i mean listen I'm give, there's a whiff for you. <laughs> no really I, don't you love the smell of a library i do i do books, and books. i love i but and i i appreciate the ebook the audible i i i decided when i did the audible because i read it you know, I, I'm the one who read it and I did all the character voices. Um, but I find with audibles, the reason I don't generally like is because they all talk very, every slow. word no, has that's, so much value. Uh, and I'm like, not, if you're talking slower than I read, uh, I can't, I can't do it. So uh, it was very important to me to create something with right. energy and the scenes, you know? Listen, I agree. Listen, not my friend, Barbara Rosenblatt. Barbara Rosenblatt is the number one audio voice girl in the world. She's really? Barbara, she did Barbara Streisand's life. Barbara Rosenblatt has the most fabulous voice. She was and, in Orange is the New Black. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> no. Barbara, Barbara Rosenblatt is somebody, if you want an audio book, one of hers, they're fabulous. She does Good. all the characters. She's brilliant. And she goes fast. She's not a slowpoke. Okay, so I want to I want to know because there's all kinds of questions going on too in the chat. So what is your like if you were just sitting around listening to music? What is your favorite kind of music to listen to? Hi. And do you, and do you um, listen? Do you listen to yourself? Never. Okay. No. On the on the rare occasion that I have listened to myself because I'm looking for something that I you know need to give to somebody about, then I listen and and I can. Years later, after I've recorded something, I can't. For a period, I can't at all. I Like, there are certain things I've just, I, I couldn't. Because I'm always thinking, I should have done, I should have done. But there are two records that, after all these years, are the ones that stick out to me the most. And those are, one is called Standard Time, and the other one was called Different Stages. And they were both with an orchestra. And Peter Matz, the great Peter Matz, I love him. produced, and uh, for those of you who don't know who are watching, Peter Matz did the first seven Streisand records. He really created those, he wrote those arrangements and conducted them. And so what happened, we did this in a, you know, you're talking about the old fashioned way versus the modern way. Um, you know, in the modern way of making records, all the tracks are done. And then the last yeah. thing to go on is the vocal and you go in and that's typical. That's normal. That's really okay. It still is an authentic performance. But in this case, because it was an orchestra, um, Peter and I worked for a couple of months, did all the arrangements and stuff that he went away and orchestrated everything, came back, rehearsed with me daily to be in the shape for it because we recorded two albums in two days. Wow. With a full orchestra live. And I was isolated, but he wouldn't let me fix a lot because he was like, that's, you were prepared. You were like an athlete in shape. That's the, that's what happened. 
you know, we, there was no such thing as an auto tune or whatever. I would never allow that. <laughs> never allow that. So I did those records live. And I fixed a couple of things, but primarily it's all live. And it, it was such a joyful thing because, yes, you can make something perfect, but sometimes the perfection is in the, the, human, the human moment of it. And Frank so, Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. When, Exactly. So when 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 uh, Peter died, uh, I found out that Barbara Streisand was a fan. I ne had never known that. And um, so we were reissuing the record. And I said, I, I wonder if Barbara Streisand would do the, you know, a quote or something on the back of the record. They were like, oh, no, no, no. She's never endorsed a singer. Only politicians. You, that's never going to happen. And I'm like, why not try? <laughs> Why not try? So I sent a note to, uh, I can't think of his name, Marty Ehrlichman, who was her attorney and everything for 4,000 years. And she writes this beautiful thing, quote for me. And I have a lovely note and letter from her about the record. And I was so honored because, you know, I'm such a fan, grew up on her. And then Peter, you know, I, I got to be, a, he was the greatest musical experience and I knew how important he was to her. So it was sort of sweet and serendipitous and poetic. Um, but those records are, are I'm, I'm really thrilled. Those arrangements, Peter was a genius. Peter was a genius. I have to interrupt you one second. I need you to do me a favor and say one more hello to B. Claudia. She's in Germany and she just, uh, just ordered the book. She says it'll get here on Friday. <laughs> oh, wow. Hi, B. Happy reading. I'm so excited that you're reading it. It's my it's my heart and soul. Thank you for getting you it. That's so cute. I like love it. So you should autograph it. Oh, it can't. That's what I said that. Him. She got it on Amazon. She bought it on Amazon. Not for oh, she site. bought it on yes. Amazon. <laughs> Which is very like fun. Okay, so I, uh, maybe to, to ask a little bit more of a personal question because like I saw some different interviews that you had done. So when you were on Star Search, like nobody knew that you were gay, right? Like you you hadn't come out yet. I mean, they might have no. been able to. You might have thought it, but they didn't know it. Well, it was Possibly. a different. That was the early eight. That was the early eighties. That was eighty three and eighty four. So there were no role models. There were right. no singers, actors, politicians, athletes, anyone, no one. So no, that was not allowed. Um, how old were you when I, you actually? How old were you when you actually then like the world found 22. out that? How old were you Star Search? Star Search, I was 22. Okay. So, um, and, you know, my first record company was Motown, and it was told, you know, to, like, when I was doing an interview, don't ask him about his personal life. Meanwhile, here I am as this performer, practically, like, slitting my wrists and giving everything I have. I'll talk about anything, you know. I can cry, whatever, the drop. But no, don't ask him about his personal life. It was code. For you know, he's gay and you can't talk about it. <laughs> you know what? People people were not ready for it, just like they weren't ready for black and white. <clears throat> Back in my day, if a black woman is a white man on screen, people would get up and leave a theater and say that's disgusting. And the same thing if you ever implied that somebody was a homosexual, they're mentally ill. Those people, you know, those men with men, they're degenerates. They're disgusting. They're nauseating. I don't want my child looking at that. Because, you know, my child could learn to be one just like them. Right. That was the dialogue I grew up with. And it was offensive. So when I came out, I was married for years and have two children. So when I came out of hiding, 
I, I felt free and it was wonderful, but it was still a time that was not accepted. Today, I talk about Jimmy and I being married nine years and people love it. We have fans of ours that love our romance and comment on it. So we have come a long way in the last 50 years. Well, and I happen to be in a generation uh, that, you know, we're different ages, but still, it was illegal. It was definitely, I grew up in Oklahoma, in the Bible Belt. So, but I am in this generation where my husband and I have been together for 26 years this April. Good for you. Good for you. And we have a son who's turning 13 in April. And and, uh, I happen to be at this, at the age that was born into a period that is exactly what you're talking about, that it was illegal. It was dangerous. It was shameful. It was uh, godless. It was all those things into, um, well, certainly, and, and through the AIDS crisis and and the sexual revolution and all those things, and then a generation that also I'm having a ch- I'm married I'm legally married and have a child. So to come from that, where it's all that, that's a lot of progress, and it's in yeah, but happens to be in my generation. Wait, look at me, how lucky I am. Yep, eight. I'm eighty years old. I was born in 1940. Okay, during the war, the Second World War. I grew up in a world where gay was not even thought of, mentioned, or so I didn't even know what I was. I just knew right. I was different. Then right. it, it became something else, and then it became something else. There was a day when I was 17 or 18, I went to a gay bar called the Fleur de Lis in New York City, Greenwich Village, and the police raided it because more than, I think it was 15 homosexuals in the room was considered a conspiracy, and you were not allowed, and they raided it, you were arrested. This is what it was. Police used to beat the hell out of us. Right. I used to, I used to hang out in the village. I went to all the gay bars. Uh, I was a beautiful young kid, so naturally I was popular, you know, a big mouth, and singer and actor, all that bullshit. And it was difficult because the minute I left the village and went back to Brooklyn or Astoria where I lived, I was in that other world. Yeah. I didn't like it. It was a sad place to be. So right. today, gay people are so lucky because they have the entire world to enjoy. We only had Vintage Village. Yeah, but you know what? You make. We were talking about your show business and standing on the shoulders of those who've come before. There's a thing now also in a younger generation of gay men and women who think, well, of course I have equal rights. I should. I'm a, I'm a human being. Of course I can get married. I should. Of course I can adopt a child. Of, of course I should have equal rights. Of course there should be no difference. Well, that's true. But uh, definitely people, people, people lived and fought and died for those rights. And so the assumption yeah. that they should just have it and that's the way it is, that doesn't fly with me. Uh, they have an obligation. And here's the difference, boys. The difference is when you are in a minority, let's say you're black. Well, you have a culture, that history, that Parents teach children, children teach their children, and on and on. If you're Jewish, you have a history. This is what our people went through. You have that. If you're gay, there's no history in your family because you were probably not the product of gay parents. So it is incumbent upon the gay community to teach new people, new people who are coming out and living out and born into this time where we came from because we ain't going to learn it from mom and dad. We have a great history. 
Um, I did drag for years. I impersonated Jane Russell. Never gay bars, mostly straight club. <clears throat> and one of my shows, I had Quentin Crisp on. Oh, Quentin Crisp is. Sure. And Quentin Crisp said, Ron, what am I going to do? I don't sing or dance. I said, I want you to go out and tell an audience of 350 people dining about your life experience. He went out. He talked about his life experience. Half of the room was crying because they were gay. The other half were spellbound, and the rest of them just loved and adored him. Because if you saw the naked civil servant read the book, you know what Quentin Crisp went through. I would suggest to all gay people, read that book, watch mm -hmm. that movie, because that will tell you exactly what gay was back in the 30s and 40s and 50s. Right. As awful as it was, I miss it because it was a thrill to walk into a gay bar. We had to have lights go on and off if the cops came. So you could just jump with the girl so, and so we'd grab a dyke, we'd grab a dyke and dance with her. <laughs> I love that. I love the fact that it was a no-no. I love the fact that we had our own colony. I love the fact that when I saw a gay guy on a subway, he looked at me and I looked at him and I knew he was gay, but we never said a word. Nowadays, there's no more thrill. Everybody's you know, out there. So I kind of wish, I kind of liked the sad part of the good part of being gay when I was young. It was an adventure. It was, it was taboo. It was wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, but there was a lot of shame involved. Oh, there was shame and there was beatings and there was cops forcing you to go down on them. I mean, a lot of queens in, in the village, my very good Queen Tipsy, a beautiful blonde transvestite, not transvestite, not sexual, a drag queen. And she was so gorgeous that when the cops knew her in the village, they'd all go in an alley and she'd have to do a couple of cops, you know, what she had to do. And, <laughs> Yeah. Then they would arrest her, you know, a day later. <laughs> so I think, though, then, like for, for your son, I think because I was adopted. So, like, I don't even really know who my parents were. But I think it would be so cool to actually have parents. Like, I think that would be like the coolest well, thing. Well, ask ever my daughters. Part. My Yeah, daughters. I mean, he has two daughters. And, and they adore days. us. And they're like my stepdaughters. And they live in Palm Springs and they're straight. And they have all kinds of gay friends. But my children have no shame of my being gay or being married to you. I, I think it's fabulous. I think it's fabulous that you've been married for 20-something years, too, because I think, you know, let's, let's face it, straight people have a hard time staying married. Exactly. Gay people really have a hard time staying married. So I tell, us, fact, tell us a little bit about your husband. Who well, we met on, uh, you said you saw Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yeah, he and I met on that show. He was an actor at the time. And so we met on the road. Uh, at the at rehearsal in New York City. And um, we got together, we dated on this road, we got together. And then from the tour, we moved to New York City and we lived there for a number of years. And then we moved to Los Angeles and we've been together for all these years. And- um, Is he still know, an actor? Is he yeah. still an actor? No, he's, he's, he's not an actor, but he has his own business, which is really extraordinary. I. It's so wonderful to be able to say that my husband is the very best at what he does in the world. He what is like, a, he teaches uh, and coaches a big blue chip company, executives and sales teams and things about, and this comes from being an actor, authenticity and, and messaging and leadership qualities. And he's so charismatic and he's so handsome um, and he's smart and he's funny. Yeah, and he's just, I saw pictures. I Googled pictures of you guys before. Oh, yeah. So he's, 
Yeah, you have a beautiful family. It's really yeah, beautiful. and then Cooper's going to be thirteen, a teenager in in April. I can't even believe it. It's shocking. Oh, well, hang, hang on to your seatbelts for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I had two going through thirteen. It's a trip. Yeah. Oh, it, there's two books there, my dear. Books. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Oh, hang I'm on, sure. we got one yeah. is one is about how you want to hang yourself, and the other is how wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so you guys, we have like two minutes, so let's real quick. So you can follow Sam Harris on social media, you guys. He's at Sam Harris. His website is samharris.com. Uh, listen to his music. He's got a, You can stream him on Spotify. You can buy it on iTunes. Uh, he's got his musical memoir that you can uh, – it's called uh, Ham, a musical memoir, which you can see on the Broadway station that is called – Broadway HD. There you go, Broadway HD. Hi, Jeff. You can also get the uh, – the book, Ham, Slices of a Life, it's his memoir or the substance of all things. Uh, it's his fictional book that sounds fabulous. And uh, and if you want to see when he won Star Search, Google it. It's on YouTube, and you can actually see it, even though the videos are terrible, because I guess nobody videoed anything back in the 80s uh, like that. So the quality is You weren't allowed. You weren't allowed. <clears throat> but it's really fabulous. And check out all his new albums. He's got nine studio albums, you guys. Uh, two really good ones are Standard Time and Different Stages. Those are ones I listen to all the time. Um, I don't know. Do you have a favorite of your own albums? I love those. I love okay. I love uh, those those two. That's the Peter Matz records. Okay, but, you know, uh, you gotta like what? them all anyway. Yeah, you like them all anyway. I mean, they're all good, you guys. Every single one of them is fantastic. And um, you well, know, after meeting you on this show, I hope we run into you and your guy one day in L.A. We live in Palm Springs, so we I go to L.A. So when you come to Palm Springs, give us a buzz. We'll Absolutely. Have some fun. It would be fabulous. You and I have a lot to talk about. We want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, we want yeah. to congratulate you very on all your success. Very interesting guest. I am so pleased. And let me have you say one more hello to Teresa Saban. Just say hi because she's a little Hello, jealous. Teresa. Teresa, Teresa, <laughs> Teresa. Thank you for joining us. There you go. All right, Sam. Thank you all so right. much. Take care, uh, guys. And well. Bye. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay happy. Hey, everybody in the chat room, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, we're sorry that we had a problem with Blanche. I got a message that she thought she was the second guest, and that's why she actually called in, and that's why it's on here that she called in. But I couldn't bring her on because he was on. Um, so we'll see what we can do. But we want to thank everybody for tuning in. It was a lot of fun. Don't they have, Rebel, don't they have managers anymore? And, uh, and I guess not. But either way, you guys, <laughs> everybody, thank you so much. They said they love our banter anyway in the chat room. They love it. So, so B, chat room, everybody in the chat room, thank you guys so much. We appreciate it. And we'll see you guys uh, next week. Next week. Next week. Don't forget, we have Monica. Uh, oh, God. Unread. Unread. There we go. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Can turn out to be so wrong. Yeah, we in the mix. Yeah, we in the mix. It's another episode. Here we go. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Interviewing the hottest news that you will send to the celebrities. Make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly. Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool. Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude. Chat room is live and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Come watch it live on W4CY Radio. Miss some past episodes? Download on iTunes. The Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. It's the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell. Oh.